Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. I am so excited to introduce to our shared channel for the very first time, someone that is so multi-hyphenate. Like Melissa, you are like one of the most multi-hyphenate people I think I know. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to our shared channel and welcome back to Overshare. I'm Jocelyn with my girl, Lily. What's up, Lily? Hello, everyone. Yes, hi. (laughs) So as you guys have noticed, if you've been following our YouTube channel and our podcast since it recently launched, we have taken a pause over the last few weeks um, from all of our content. We have been posting on Instagram, actually. but I feel like we've been very active on social media. Uh, It's no secret that the world is kind of in shambles at the moment, our country in particular. Absolutely. And (laughs) we just wanted to be a part of taking a pause and taking time to really listen and amplify other voices. And honestly, we had another podcast that we already recorded quite a long time ago, but it just felt like we really needed to address what's going on in our country and And just learn the extent of what's going on. I feel like it's no secret that we are two very white privileged girls that um, have had uh and from southern california we've had a very privileged life and i know i'm someone in particular that came from a very very white neighborhood growing up and i don't think i was really exposed to like different cultures and like lifestyles until i would even say after college because yes there was different races and cultures in college but also everyone's kind of partying and not really talking about their lives in that kind of aspect And then I think, especially in the work we do now, we've gotten to meet so many people and learn so many other people's stories that now it's kind of like, oh my goodness, this is all coming to a head. And I have just been trying to educate myself in each, I feel like there's so many different conversations going on and I want to be able to participate in all of them and learn from all of them and make sure that I'm not being complacent in any of this. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we've definitely both been taking the last week or two to really absorb everything going on and see how we can make the biggest difference with our voice. 
Yeah. And I think really just, I mean, it's crazy. I grew up in a very diverse area. Um, the city I grew up in was and still is not primarily white people. It's a primarily Latino community. So I think like I was one of those people thinking to myself like, oh yeah, you know, I'm not racist, but then am I anti-racist? And I think that's what has been the biggest wake up call to me. It's not enough to just say like, oh yeah, I'm not racist. Also just like the term microaggression, it's just been such a few weeks of education for me. And I think for you too, we've talked a lot about it. Um, and anywho, I have so much I want to say, so much I want I to share. I was like, I feel like there's information going from all directions. But um, let's, we do have a guest coming on because we don't feel like we are the two people that you really need to be hearing all this from because we want to keep learning too. So we want to be able to engage in a conversation with someone that actually has the viewpoint that is important right now. Um, but before we get there, we do have our first segment of the day. So over it. What she said. I think it's safe to say we're over quite a few things right now. Uh, Joss, do you want to start us off? Um, yeah, I'm over a lot of things right now. And it's crazy because remember COVID and that whole thing that's still going on because I've completely about it at this time. <laughs> so it's crazy to think that just a few weeks ago, we were like, over having to stay home and not being able to go to restaurants and whatever, all of that and the things we were complaining about a few weeks ago feel so inconsequential and so small compared to the things that I think we're both over and that our country's over at this point. I would say the main thing I've been over over the last few weeks is the concept of people still not being able to recognize. And I think actually things are changing according to a graph I saw in the New York Times. But there are still people who are not willing to point blank say and get on board with Black Lives Matter. If I hear one more person say all lives matter, I'm literally going to lose my freaking mind. No, duh. Of course all lives matter. (laughs) Black lives are the lives that need us right now, obviously in this country. And even if you take a step back from the people saying all lives matter, but do they from the societal landscape you're looking at, does it seem like black lives matter? Because to me, it doesn't seem like that. So that doesn't mean that all lives matter. That means that your white life or whatever race you are, you think matters. And then you assume that everyone else thinks that black lives matter. But it's very clear from uh, countless examples that that's not true. I think I saw your girl, Hillary Duff, you know, Lily's obsessed with Hillary Duff in case you don't know. Um, But I saw her post something on her Instagram that was like, black lives matter, but like matter is, that's not enough. Like just to matter. Oh, the sign, that's, I've seen a, a protest sign that says matter is the minimum. Matter is the minimum. And I think the concept that people that like, racism has become like being against racism has become controversial like I can't wrap my mind around that. I so first of all I saw Keith Leak Jr our um, old office mate from Smosh he posted it was like a repost and it said have you ever heard anyone get mad when you go save the whales oh my gosh yes and he goes no one's like save all the other mammals like what it doesn't make sense so definitely over that. And I, I just don't, I even tweeted the other day that I'm like, I don't understand 
the debates going on here. I'm like, the only debates we should be having is how to fix this, not whether it's a problem. It's very clear it's a problem. So I, why are we debating like, well, even, oh, this is, can I, this is my over it yes, specifically. Yes, please share. First of all, the people that are coming after the memory of George Floyd and are like doing research to try and find out these things that supposedly he did, which I haven't even looked into it because it's irrelevant to anything going on. The, I, the rumors that he supposedly did, there was like gunpoint to a pregnant woman. I've seen this argument so many times as if doing any kind of, having any kind of criminal past suddenly warrants a cop to decide that you're going to die. Literally, the death penalty is not even legal in how many states? So please explain to me why you're suddenly so fine with a cop who we've been seeing a lot of graphics of this too, don't have a crazy amount of training, nor do they have like a necessarily 100% educational background of the like judicial system. Why are they the ones being trusted with this decision of whether this man should live or die? I don't care what he did. He literally could be, uh, well, that you see serial killers go to jail all the time and they're not being, no one's kneeling on their neck until they die. So how is that even being introduced into your argument? The cop doesn't decide who dies. No. They shouldn't be killing anyone unless that man was about to kill someone else and it was a protection thing. No, he was on the ground for a very long time. So it's, it makes no sense to me. And it's almost as though it's like, you know, we were gonna care about him. We were gonna fight against this, but then we found out that he had a criminal history. By the way, also, not that it even matters, but like he served his time. You know well, what I mean? I'm like, that's not the, you didn't walk in on him with a gun. It just doesn't make sense. It's all irrelevant. Like his background has nothing to do with the fact that the law does not say that a cop gets to kill him. The cop needs to be punished. Yeah. Like, I don't understand what there's a debate about. It's, it's <laughs> no honestly, one is, it's infuriating. And my biggest thing was like, no one's, like these marches, these protests, all of this action isn't because everyone's like, you know, George is a really cool guy. It doesn't matter. Like, you don't get to decide. And that's the whole point is like that a lot of people are like, oh, well, he did this. But like if it had been a white person and they had done something terrible, you wouldn't be like pointing out that to get everyone else off the hook. You would be like, no, this is wrong regardless. And I think that even like brings up a totally, I mean, not a separate topic. It's related. But the concept of white privilege, I, I feel as though people are finally starting to understand the actual definition of that word. I think prior to this, there were a lot of people that were uneducated about what that meant. For me personally, like, I don't, I don't think I, I could possibly be more privileged. I have had some weird encounters with authorities and with law enforcement. Most definitely, I think some inappropriate things, but never in a million years did I ever think they might kill me, ever. Yep. Absolutely not. Um, the list could go on and on about the extent of the privilege that I have and that you have also. Um, and it's just so, it's so strange to feel like, it's really weird to feel like kind of heartbroken, but also hopeful at the same time. I think. I think the most, the biggest emotion that I'm feeling 
a lot and I can't imagine it in comparison to any black person ever yeah is confusion like I flat out will like read things that people are saying and I'm like how in what reality did you connect those dots to be like it brings up another thing that I've been seeing which I really don't understand and Megan and I I know talked about yesterday is people that think that they're like Having this debate, which I'm unsure why you're trying to debate whether a cop should be able to kill someone without a reason. That what are you getting out of this? But um, people that then come there like with examples of white people being killed by police, and I like take a step back and I'm like, so does that make it okay? Yeah, I was like so. So I do you want killing to be able to kill anyone? Like I'm un. How is this proving any point? Like, how are you happy about where this is going? Yeah, and that brings up the whole other, like, layer of, like, law enforcement and that system. And I won't even get into the idea of people not understanding that defund the police or abolish the police doesn't mean no laws. (laughs) Like, what are you talking about? Read one article. One. (laughs) And also, it's like... Of course, there are like great, you know, police officers as human beings. Of course there are. But it's like, say you went to the doctor and they accidentally killed you. Like that's you one probably aren't going to love dogs. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I could go on and on about all of this on honestly forever, but we don't have forever. And we do have a guest that I'm yes. very excited is joining us today to overshare. I'm selfishly excited because she's just an old friend. Okay, you guys, I am so excited to be introducing to our shared channel for the very first time, someone I very personally love so much. I'm a huge fan of, and she's probably like the most multi-hyphenate person you're ever going to meet. Um, Melissa Chetain, TV host, style expert, writer, most recently in the LA Times, yoga instructor, founder of the We Collective. Uh, what what else am I missing? I know there's more. Uh, while I also do workshops for women around the country, but now that's moved to Zoom. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. still counts. Oh my gosh. So I, I feel like I have to let our audience know how far back our relationship goes. Um, today I was doing a little bit of digging. There's video I, evidence. I found- There is. <laughs> I found the first video that we ever did back in the clever days, Melissa, Lisa Klein, 2009. Woo, that was such a long time ago. We were babies. She said this that video- was one of my first- yeah, I was like, we were in the store taping, like, how to get the look of, like, baby Selena Gomez. Vanessa Hudgens. <laughs> Vanessa Hudgens, Selena Gomez, it was, like, three other people. And it was you and Dana, and I think that was, like, one of my first style segments, really. It's crazy. Like, I was so, I was so green. But, like, I'm so thankful for that, and I loved how we met, and we did hosting class with Maureen for a long time, and met so many other amazing people who are still our friends. And I loved how to see how we progressed as professionals and amazing individuals since then. So it's an honor to be sitting here with you. You are you are media mogul queen, Jocelyn Hello. and Lily. You guys are rock stars. So thank you for having me. I'm actually dying. I didn't know that you guys, did you originally meet at Maureen's class? 
Yeah. The amount of people that I've brought it, been brought into my own life from that I've never taken a class at with Maureen. Jocelyn's <laughs> like, oh, I met this person in a hosting class. I, I think there was only one hosting class in all of LA at this point. <laughs> I know. Well, it's the only one that matters. <laughs> well, it clearly has worked because you two are both really on top of it. You can tell I did not go to hosting <laughs> school. <laughs> well, thank you. I mean, it's been a long time, but... You know, I used to like laugh about or like feel uncomfortable being like all talking about all the things I do because there was just feeling like, well, am I slashy? Do I do too much? And truthfully, <laughs> I've skipped it. You know, because remember, we I'm all see slashy like, actor slash bartender slash 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 slash. <laughs> but like, you're you're thing, your slashes, <laughs> Melissa, are like legitimate things. Like, you're an expert in fashion who goes on shows like Access Hollywood. Slash, you also started the We Collective, which is incredibly amazing. Slash, you also do all these other things at a high level. It's not like you're operating out of like my grandma's basement. You know what I mean? I know, but it felt like that for quite some time. And so when you finally get things going and finally step into your power and just lean into what is serving you and like helping the world, I think that's when you get over the slashy, which I did. Well, so. and not to mention <laughs> all of your slashies are very related. It doesn't feel like you were like going in a bunch of different fields. It feels like you were just expanding on what you were already really good at. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, as far as like being a stylist, like I did a lot of like, did a lot of wardrobe, a lot of like, um, TV styling, personal styling, celebrity styling covers and stuff. And then I was like, well, I don't really like all of it. I don't like how the industry is going. I don't enjoy styling celebrities and being an image maker when like often a lot of these women like have this like loathing, low self-esteem where it just never felt in alignment. And so shifting my focus to work on real women and help real women find their power in their everyday like that. So it's like sifting, even though I did this, it's like, okay, I, I love wardrobe and clothes, but how do I get to the heart and find my purpose? My purpose always goes back to helping women find their power through style and increase their confidence. I love that. And I feel like I always tell people are like, oh, if I want to do this job, what should I do? And I'm like, I feel like we're in a world right now that there's so many different jobs and opportunities out there that you don't want to like pigeonhole yourself in just like tunnel vision to one goal. If especially if you have a broad interest, if you went into something like fashion and then can turn it into something and discover all these other passions you have in the process and then mix it all together, what better you're creating your own career. Totally. I agree. I think more people just need to just like jump in, not like throw something against the wall with sticks and, but see with sticks, but like jump in and strategize and see how they can find the names for them. It's all about finding like what separates you from everyone else? Exactly. Speaking of, you uh, have written an amazing article for the LA Times. Thank you. Clocks all and, around. Uh, I think it was really important, though, for like our audience to get to hear all of the things that you've done and all the experience you have in the fashion world specifically, because it just gives you all the credibility in the world, all these years of experience and all the things that you've done to write the article that you did, which for people who haven't read yet, we'll definitely have in the description so that they can take a look. Um, but kind of like just break down for people that haven't had the chance to read it or maybe don't live in LA, what the article yeah. covered. Well, 
from years of being in fashion to hosting and being a blogger, dipping into that influencer space, consulting with brands, I've just had a lot of different experiences, which I shared, and not all have been positive about how there's a lack of diversity in fashion and how the doors have been maybe slightly open for me. I felt like I've been uh, like the cool kid in school where it's like, oh, you got to invite to the club. Like I've been at the club. I'm waiting on the red carpet to go in, but I always see the VIP room in like a distance, but never been like the cool kid at the table. But it's not saying that I, I'm, I'm upset and I'm angry. It's just looking at the facts of how um, Black creatives have not been seen as equals. We may have been paraded or appropriated to be a plus size model on the red carpet or tokenism featuring that one Black girl in the one ad, but never really been the decision makers. And I just encourage the fashion and Hollywood community to take notice of Black creatives. We're here and we're ready to work. We've been ready to work and just maybe that they can open up a few more opportunities for everyone. So we're on an even playing field as particularly in the fashion houses where there might not have been um, a designer or a marketer or executive making the decisions that play into campaigns. Um, And referring to the Black Lives Matter movement, more or less, how we've seen this shift that everyone is like trendy now to like, like a Black person and be Black and support brands. And we see a lot of brands say they're in solidarity with Black Lives Matter. But if you're looking at their Instagram feed, they haven't featured a Black person in their feed for over six months. So that doesn't really feel like it's progress. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it's an alignment. And I encourage Black creatives to be more fiscally responsible and put their money where their mouths are and support brands that support that. 100%. And I think from the perspective of any of our white audience members watching, that if the beginning of this, Dawson's like listing off all of your accomplishments as if you're just like (laughs) cruising through life and like just being successful because you're amazing at what you do. But I guarantee if you read this article, then it gives context to like, well, yes, you've been successful, but that doesn't mean you haven't had to overcome things that are absurd that you even had to deal with. (laughs) Yeah. The story of you sharing a chair. Oh my gosh. That got me. The the half butt cheek on. I I specifically thought it was funny because Joss and Dana have shared a chair during a junket before because We'll say Clever wasn't necessarily always taken as like the most serious brand compared to all of like entertainment tonight and Access Hollywood and stuff. But to see that like they experienced that like once or twice, like you literally like got a ticket to a fashion show and then show up and they're like, whoops. Like, so I got a ticket. It was, it was crazy. So I'm like, so excited. I remember I landed that day and like I took a red eye flight from LA Land in New York. I went to a showroom, got a new outfit. Was all like, "This is my moment." Going to fashion shows, so excited. And I look, and I'm like, waiting in line. Obviously, there's people taking photos, and I just met different, and just networking different people, yeah. celebrities, whatever. Feeling myself, and then I go in and front row. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I am front row at Fashion Week. This is like a I'm moment." Yeah, I arrived. So, I mean, this it. I relate to this so much, and I've been reading Andre Leon's Telly book about this, the Chiffon Trenches, how he's like, the front one is everything. <laughs> like, you have to it. It's just amazing. So you feel this moment. So I get, and then I get there, and I'm about to sit in my seat. This girl's like, you're in my seat. And I'm like, no, this is my seat. <laughs> you're like, I'm I got my because I was so excited. 
Yeah. And so I, I, we both go to the publicist and we're like, um, there's an error. And she's like, oh, sorry. And so like, there's a thing where we're like, okay, it's enough. It's like benches, <laughs> but it's enough where we're like, okay, maybe we can make it work. And basically like she's sitting in the seat and I have like my half butt cheek on at the end, trying to be graceful and put, like sit up and not be just like, and it was just like, wait, does this feel like how I feel in fashion where I'm like at the table, but don't really have a seat. And it just, it just stuck with me ever since then where it's like, wow, I've come so far, but yet I'm so far away. And then the, the red carpet, the fashion show really didn't feature anyone that looked like me. One woman of color, no women with perms. And it just was disheartening where I'm like, why am I even here? Yeah, and then it wasn't even so, just one thing. It was like multiple things all compounding to just like really drive I, home that you're like, wow, okay, got it. Yeah, and I mean, just working with brands that that if I have changed my hair, that it's no longer seen as that I'm included. Like, I, I actually think that- The European aesthetic has been something of like wearing, for black women, the European aesthetic of like having straight hair. And finally, I was ready to embrace more of my ethnic side and not- not even go natural. It was just more of an eccentric, not eccentric, but like Afrocentric style. And then after that opportunity over, no longer wanted to partner. And it's just like, wow, I, I, in order for me to be in this business, I have to look a certain way. I have to speak a certain way. I have to present myself a certain way. And it's just enough too much. No, it really is too much. And I think like what you were saying about brands that are now, you know, making posts and talking about amplifying black voices, but then you look on their Instagram feed and you see nothing for the last six months. I'm curious from you, like, what have you heard within the fashion community? Like, do you think that real change is, is coming? Like what, what has been the response? Because I do know for a fact, oh my gosh, Victoria Beckham casually mentioned your article. Like, that's wild. Congratulations. Thank you. I was doing um, my, my chat with Access. I was doing the, the A block and I was talking about the article with Kit and Scott. And before we got started, she's like, Melissa, this is huge. Did you see Victoria Beckham reposted it? I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> kind of a moment. But, you know, I love Victoria Beckham. I mean, she's so elegant and I love her clothing. But once again, I, I, I'm saying thank you for reposting, but let's continue the conversation because your clothes are not inclusive. Her brand is not particularly inclusive. And so maybe this is like ticking something in her head saying, maybe I need to work on that. And I welcome the conversation, but I feel like the fashion community, I feel like everyone is taking a pause. That's literally reevaluating your brand. Reading your article, all I could think about at the end of it was like, well, I think this applies to literally every industry. Like this is far from just the fashion industry. Everyone needs to be more inclusive in how they're hiring. Yeah. And I think everyone's taking a pause. I see brands uh, like, like four. I had a conversation with James Nord the other day and, and he's working on trying to be more inclusive and having more black executives at four and, and just trying to take accountability of where they've been short-sighted with influencer campaigns and, and paying out people. Um, so I, I feel like I appreciate the conversations that I'm having and I'm happy to be a support because I never wanted to, to, this article to come off as attacking mm -hmm. and being like, well, I'm not in the cool kids club, but I, I'm, I'm supportive. I want to open the, the conversation and see where we can be more in alignment. I see a lot of these brands trying to start diversity and inclusion mm -hmm. panels. And my thought is like, that's great. But if 
there was an executive in place, like that wouldn't even be a problem. Well, I was going to say, they don't even know how to take the actions because they don't have anyone on their side that knows what the, and they aren't necessarily opening themselves to the conversations for actual action to be taking place. They're just opening yeah. it for the buzz. For the buzz. And where I, I'm curious to see is like, what happens in six months? Mm-hmm. What happens later on when this is no longer a trend? And the and stuff that work, people are working on now when it comes to fruition, mm-hmm. like, are you going to see the results of it later? Exactly. And so I'm here to support in any way. And I've always welcomed the conversation. It's just for me growing up, I never saw a lot of women doing what I do. I mean, there was Oprah, there was Beverly Johnson, who was a model and in transition and Pat Cleveland, but like, and well, and then Whoopi, but like, really, I mean, it was a, the fact that you can like up. list them on one hand is absurd. That's like, that's a problem. Right. <laughs> I mean, I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. I had a great childhood, but I went to 12 years of Catholic school. I was the only black girl. I danced ballet since I was two. I was the only black girl. I went to college and I was the only black girl in my sorority. And it wasn't easy. There are so many microaggressions that I experienced of like not being welcome to the birthday party or like people. I remember my sorority house, girls like went to the bathroom to see me wash my hair because they just never know what black hair was like. And it was like, what? Like, there's so many things that happen where it's like, I wish that, that I've never wished for this on, upon anyone else mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. And if we can change the conversation now, maybe future generations won't have this pain that they've been going through. And I, I, I love that you brought up um, your ballet career, which I, I should have added. I knew you oh, were a slash dancer. <laughs> um, but um, even within the dance community, which, you know, I'm a washed up dancer. I stopped dancing when I was like 18 and it's been 20 years. Um, but even with the toe shoes and the point shoes and the fact that like brands like Capizio and Block are now like, we're going to start making toe shoes and like jazz shoes in a variety of colors and shades. I'm like, yeah, duh. That's, and these are yes. things that like, if I'm being totally honest, um, these are yeah. big learning moments for me too. And I think that's, what's been, you know, an amazing thing through this time that we're living through this crazy time in our history yeah. is that if you're open to learning and growing and admitting things that you thought or had done in the past, like microaggressions, like you were mentioning that you maybe weren't aware yeah. of, it's such an amazing opportunity for all of us to really grow. I think so. I, I'm glad to see some of these brands like actually making real changes. No, I agree because it's not like, I I never feel like it was malicious, especially with like, but the ballet world traditionally has been white. And I was like, often like the only dancer we had, the male dancers were often black, but the white dancers were mostly white. Um, The female dancers were mostly white. And so it was just always feeling like I, I, was, I, I never fit in, even with certain roles that I maybe didn't get or weren't cast in. But with the point shoes, I mean, it's kind of ridiculous to see that you have to have all pink shoes on stage and, and not like a flesh tone is represented. Even like when we would wear briefs underneath our tutus, it was just white or like pink, but it was never our color. Okay. Um, so this so- is something that I, and I all admit, I, and I felt like such an asshole because I'm like, I never even thought of that because like growing up, like I, I'd say even for white people, the nude color 
who the fuck invented the color nude? <laughs> because I'm, I'm curious on whose nude it is, first of all. But um, right? I will never forget, it was years ago now that Drew Dorsey, who we worked with at Clever, we had this whole conversation because she told me when she was little, she was the little mermaid for Halloween. But when you're little, they don't want you to be like, have a midriff. So they have like the mesh, like connecting part, but they only had white ones. So she was a little black mermaid with a white stomach. And it broke my heart so much. Cause I'm like, I, I never had to think about whether I could wear a certain Halloween costume. Like, are you kidding? And then it's like, she did it anyway. I mean, that's the thing. I I spent time like the, my mom would dye it with makeup and like to make it blend. But like, it's those little things where it's like, I it's you're understanding your privilege mm-hmm. and realizing how it's affecting you. But I mean, even okay. So my husband, he's he's white, and he was so upset the other day, like Monday. He's like so heavy, like so. Ups- I'm like, honey, what's wrong? He's like. <gasps> racism and like it's just so hard yeah just, I'm so upset and I was like babe <laughs> welcome to my world like you're upset about it now and I love you that you're upset but this has been my reality forever and I'm glad that like you're more aware of it but like this is something that we've been dealing with I'm like what what I'm not gonna lie I think that that is one of the biggest things that white people that are trying to learn and educate themselves on it right now what they're dealing with is this like oh my god how did I not see it before it's like you feel like you've literally been like uh, you were hypnotized your whole life and now finally you're like fuck (laughs) I'm so sorry um can we go back say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. I get that. I feel you because there's a part of me that didn't really talk about it. Like there's things I maybe shared with friends, Mm -hmm. but like, it's just, that's how it is. Move on. Put your best foot forward. Like there's no, there's for, for being a a woman or a black person in any field, there's an expectation that you have to be your best. You have to outperform your white counterparts, Mm -hmm. no matter what you have to show up and be calm, collected. And like, there's no room for stress. If you're stressed and you're emotional, you're seeing this angry black woman. If you're upset and you're aggressive as a male, you see, you're seen as a threat. And it's just things that were taught 
which doesn't mean it's right, yeah. but we're taught just to move on forward. Like that's the way it is. Keep on pushing along. And to be quite honest, when I put the article out there, my friend Marcus at the LA Times, he, we were talking about, he's a fashion editor and he's like, Melissa, I think you need to share this. Would you be interested in writing this op-ed? I was hesitant because I was fearful that I would just be complaining and being like, we're not included. And, and it would just be seen as like almost me being black, blacklisted even more than being black. <laughs> I was like, no pun intended. <laughs> no pun intended. But like, just so you see, it's like I'm complaining, but I really feel like it's eye-opening and educational. And I'm, I'm using this to bring the conversation forward and, and move on so we can all be in a positive light. Like, I have a beautiful, diverse group of friends. I've never been, even my content on my page has never been like for black girls, for white girls. It's, that's not how I see things just because that's just how I am. Mm-hmm. But other people see me as that. Even though there's and no reason that. to. <laughs> well, that's, that's one of the reasons why I started We Collective. Because I would go to influencer events or fashion events. And you know when you go and you meet someone that's so awesome and you're like, oh my God, we're going to hang out and totally hit it off. And then you like each other's stuff and then you never see each other. <laughs> yes, absolutely. 100%. Yes, totally. It's like, you're, then you're so like social media friends, but you aren't real friends. But you're not real friends. And I'm like, man, but if I can create a community um, and host events, which unfortunately COVID like happens. So things have just been more on Instagram lives and and virtual, but start an event of like eight to 10 women coming together to learn a new skill. I had like five questions that everyone has to answer to get to know each other. And I try to select people excuse me, I try to select people that would be in alignment. So like maybe people from opposite ends, but I know they would have something in common. So it was really like a curated group. And the goal of we is never to make money for myself. That's, it was never something for me to like fill my pocketbook. Mm -hmm. But my mom passed away from stage four uh, breast cancer in November. And I would like to continue with the scholarship fund in her name. So all the money that I make from we is going to the Charles Schwab Foundation to hit the $5,000 mark so we can start her scholarship fund because my mom was a nurse and she gave back and she actually put two Haitian girls through nursing school and sponsored them before she passed. And so I want to select a Haitian girl to go to nursing school in my okay. mom's name. Okay, all the, I have watching, <laughs> all the people watching and listening to this right now, if you are not already following Melissa, first off, what is wrong with you? Because it's amazing to hear about your mom and the legacy that she left and hearing that she did that in the life that she led. And I know you post a lot about, you posted a lot about as your mom was going through her, her cancer struggle and, um, the legacy that she left in you and what you're doing with that is absolutely amazing. Like you're such an incredible person, honestly, you really are. Yeah. It's true. It's, it's like, true. And you know, it's funny. I don't want to explain that. Literally, that's like, I, what? That should be all over the news. <laughs> <laughs> but like, when I think about it, it's not, it's never been about me. It's never been about me. I just want women to feel connected and powerful. Like, how can you learn something new? So like the stuff that we do at We, so we have a tie-dye party on June 27th. We're all like tie-dyeing via Zoom, <laughs> which is like, it's going to be so I was like, I bet I bought so all like, the supplies, but I've been putting it off because I'm too lazy. <laughs> okay. So join us for okay. the party. Okay. So it's like, we're tie-dyeing. 
we learn how to knit because knitting is like a thing now and it's really hard. It's so <laughs> so hard. you're going for all the really great Corona hobbies that you can take on afterwards. Yes. <laughs> we did like a fun tarot, um, how to read tarot, like under uh-huh. phones. We had a tarot instructor, like teaches how to read tarot. We had a professional photographer, teaches how to shoot manually. Like for those that like always have an Instagram husband or like don't know how to shoot, these are using your camera with SLR is important and it was free. This feels like a fun, like friend centric Skillshare that's free. <laughs> that's what it is. I like it. But free. But now we're just asking for donations because we know that people do not have money. People have been impacted horribly from what's been happening in the world. So, you know, if you can slide a few dollars through, we're happy, but it's really just an offering to connect with other women. And then eventually I'll hit that $5,000 mark, but it's just never been like, you have to pay this amount to be in the club. But then also <laughs> to know that if you donate that, that it's going towards a good cause, that it's not just like funding yeah. something else that. Oh. No, Carol Chetain's <laughs> Memorial Fund. That's what it's for. I love that. So and you also mentioned um, your husband. You guys are a very cute couple. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I just got married recently, too. And I'm like, welcome to marriage locked inside of your tiny house with one other person for, you know, however many months we're in at this point. Thankfully, it's been going really great for us. But how has it been for yeah. you guys? How has, because obviously, you know, right now we're talking a lot about the Black Lives Matter movement and your career in fashion and how it connects. But we're also surviving a pandemic right now like what the hell it's crazy so how has that been for you guys I mean you know Robin and I've been together what seven years in August we've been married four years next month and we we like love we love each like he's my best friend we love hanging out we have such a good time like you and Chris like I always see you guys just like it's a good person totally yeah (laughs) I would say um you know we we've had our struggles but it got real (laughs) like we live downtown Los Angeles in a beautiful loft but we don't have like it's a a big loft but it's not like we don't have a bedroom that closes so the only time I wasn't seeing Robin was when I and showered and I love our neighborhood I mean granted it's been a little bit like rough with the riots and things that happen like it's boarded up but it's now it's open but we had last week was scary but like we, there was no room for us not to be apart, and we just made the best of it. So we're like, how can we create? How can we do things together? So we did puzzles. We cooked all the time. We even shot a movie on our quarantine like experience. Oh, who is it anywhere? Can we see it? Yes, it's on YouTube. It's called Quarantine Dinner. Oh my god! <laughs> yes, done. It's Watch funny. it out later because it's like day one. It's like day one of quarantine. We're all like, we love each other, and then you cut to like day twenty-five. I'm like, I'm just really Oh my god, I'm so jealous because I was just telling my friend. He was like, Oh, like why do you post this, this, this? And I was like, I'm alone all the time. I'm like, you, you lose your sense of humor. Like not everything is funny when it's just like, you're like, Oh, I don't know. Like, should I bother? I, I think if you're with someone, at least you can like be deliriously bored together and do stuff and, and make a movie. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm not by myself yes. and I've definitely not made a movie. I'm, I think the best I did was like reorganizing my sock drawer to be totally honest. But- <laughs> just you made some TikToks. Don't discredit yourself. Yeah, I love your workout TikTok of like you are climbing on him. your course. I mean, honestly, we're just our place is very small. It's like under seven hundred square feet. So what you were saying about like the only time you don't see each other is when you're showering or shitting. Like I totally relate, yeah. but I am very grateful yeah. that you know 
we like each other, you know, we also Same. like each other. So I, it's working out. It's going well. So it is. And I feel like we've gotten stronger, believe it or not, where it's like, wow, we, we've been through this together and I love you more than yesterday. I value and appreciate you as a partner. We communicate better than ever. Um, and now we got to hook up Lily with someone. I was going to say, coming from someone that's like so, so single and so alone, um, <laughs> it's interesting to see other people's like quarantine couple experiences because I feel like there's you guys where it's like, oh, well, it's like my best friend. And that's why I picture like, if I was going to be married to someone, you better bet I'm not going to get sick of them after a day. I would have <laughs> tossed that out a long time ago. <laughs> so I'm like, to see that other people, it's very clear who are like the best friend kind of couples and who it's like, oh, we're married and we go to things together and then we go home and we have very separate lives. And now that the lives are combined, yeah. it's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny. I, I laugh at it, but I'm, I'm grateful. I mean, it could have been worse. We, we were lucky. I mean, even when we have our scary days and we're arguing, we're like, we have a roof under our heads. We love our, we have two little kittens that are our babies. Oh. And so they like provided so much joy I and amusement that. and we're safe. Like yeah. that's all that we really need in this world. It's like everything got so much clearer mm-hmm. with the quarantine. Like I don't shop as much. I really utilize my class. Like all the things kind of just been a wake up call. It kind of right? just focuses what's important. Yeah. And I also, good though. I, I do have to say I, there couldn't, I'm not that there's a good time for a pandemic to happen, but it does seem culturally, socially, politically even that there's not a better time for this black lives movement to be happening than when everyone kind of like doesn't really have a whole lot to do and they can focus their time on it like I know I personally like I've been just watching things and educating myself for the last couple weeks because I haven't really had anything else to do so I'm like well might as well make use of this time and actually do something valuable rather than sit and watch another pointless Netflix series but so I think oh totally I welcome the conversations and like like on Friday I hosted a um full moon women's circle with one of my fellow yoga teachers and it was a great conversation because we invited women black and white and everyone to just come connect talk about what's happening share your experiences like either white privilege or the black experience and and have a safe space that we can actually realize that we're more unified than we're not Mm -hmm. and it was really beautiful to like share that with so many ladies on Friday where it's like I feel like there's this uncomfortable thing where it's like well I feel like I have my privilege but I don't know what to say about it what do I do it's okay it's okay and I feel black people need to be like well we're expecting white people to like know everything and read every book what do you know about your history and like how can we be better allies to support the movement and really heal Mm -hmm. and forgive because there's so many things that have happened with brands or with, you know, influencers and just people. And like, you don't know when you're like, when have I offended you? Or it's just coming together and healing. Mm -hmm. I think that's the most important thing. 100%. And I think a lot of white people do feel uh, like attacked, even though I'm like, sit down, like (laughs) let the other people speak for once. But I think it is important to not only identify what makes everyone unique, but also identify what draws us all together and that we can all make a difference by coming together because it's no one saying, and I've seen so many videos where there's black people who are like, we're not seeking revenge. We're not trying to get even. No one is trying, like, you just want to be treated like everyone else. And it, that's absurd that that's even a request you have to make. Right? Like, And that's the conversation. 
how is that a That's debate a at any time? Like it doesn't, I'm like, I'm uh, unclear where your arguments are coming from. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. And you, yeah, I mean, we can crack that shell open so much deeper, but let's keep it light. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's, there's definitely a lot of shells to crack open. I think that we can all focus yeah. on like, like Lily said, and all of our, all of our newfound free time in COVID. But, um, I love what you're doing with we, and you always surround yourself with like really great people. Like I think the last time I saw you was like, I don't know, six or eight months ago at the Orly Nail Salon. And I met so many wonderful women there. Um, yeah. Who are some of your like favorite women to follow that are inspiring to you that we can all also learn from? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, Wow. Well, you can get back to me. I'll so, add it to the links in the info section if you want. <laughs> I know. Well, there's some, there's some, I try to surround myself with people that, that push me forward. Mm -hmm. um, the designer, Cynthia Vincent, she had 12 Street from Cynthia Vincent. She started a new line, Bacall. She's become a really good friend and mentor to me uh, about this business, but she really just knows, she just is a worldly, awesome, incredible person. Um, so you guys should follow Bacall. She just celebrates all women. I really enjoy her. Um, there's a journalist at the LA Times. Uh, she's a fashion writer. She's a writer for Women's Wear Daily, Melissa Magsese. She's such an inspiration to me. I love, she's a super mom. She's like the, she's like the girl you want to be when you grow up. Like she's so stylish. She's so fashion forward, but just so down to earth. And it's just a caring individual. I, I really look up to her. Um, there's a new, so with all the things that happen with publications. There's a publication, a new online magazine that was supposed to launch before, but it kind of got halted because of everything that's happened with COVID, but it's called May Jones. Mm -hmm. And she, Kristen Turner, she's a former YouTuber that left the influencer space and started this magazine and to commemorate like black beauty and black women in fashion. And it's awesome. She has some really cool spreads. She's a really an excellent eye. She's a, she's a great creative director. I love her. So you guys should follow May Jones. Um, it's like the perfect dose of like fashion inspiration and whimsical thinking, but those are just some of the creatives that I admire on a daily basis that I keep in my circle. And then there's this girl that I know from Maureen's class, you know, Jocelyn oh, Davis, wow. she's pretty amazing herself. And I always just admire her. No, no. It's so funny. Yeah, she's like, okay. I love, I love listening to like fashionistas like yourself talk about fashion and I'm sitting here like, oh my gosh, today's the real day. I, the first day I put on pants. Like that's my fashion right now. I'm like, I have on jeans. It's really I'm wearing sweatpants. Good for you. <laughs> I don't wear sweatpants. Like I, I keep I keep it like 68 degrees in here. Oh, um, well, Melissa, this has been so so. Well, first off, just awesome to see you. Anytime I see your face, if anyone is listening to this on a podcast, go watch the video because Melissa has this face that just makes you want to smile. You have like the best. I smile know. I'm just like, hi. Tell us more. Um, oh, I love you guys. And, um, but why don't you stick around for our last segment? Um, oh, yeah. yeah. It's called Share Well. So, so long, Share Well. I hate us so much more now. So, this is where we share something that brought us joy or made us smile throughout the week. Um, I didn't even have one prepared, but I feel like I have a few. Joss, go first. Okay. So, in just thinking about like you and the fashion community and the Black Lives Matter movement, even over like the last few weeks, I've been thinking about just like big and small ways that I can amplify Black voices, like not just now, but like in an ongoing fashion. 
And, you know, I love wearing like kind of weird clothes and posting fun stuff on my Instagram, like wearing just like very colorful, vibrant looks. And I just discovered that one of my favorite designers um, that I've never been able to afford before, Kushni. Um, yes, I love Kushni. I've always, I've always loved Kushni. And Carly Kushni is the designer. She's a black woman. Um, she, I've never been able to afford her clothes because they're very beautiful and like worth every penny because they're works of art. Um, but I would always see them on red carpets. But now she's at Target. So I, I went there yesterday and already did some shopping. I'm very excited about it. Um, and also I'll be posting that on the gram and hopefully inspiring some people to go spend, <laughs> go spend some money at Target. Well, it's and Target's important. great so during the pandemic because you're already there getting your essentials and then you're like, oh, I guess I'll just take a detour through the fashion department. But honestly, I don't know, Melissa, have you seen her collection? It's so freaking cute. I have. It's so great. And I love this, that she made it size inclusive. Yes. So it's for everybody. I So Kushni is like really great silhouettes, bright, vibrant colors. So it's like not for the the black girl. That's like I only wear black. Right. No, <laughs> you know? yeah, it's really fun and and like someone whimsical, but it's it's so great. She knows how to dress a woman, and I'm stoked about this. I've seen it. I have not um, purchased anything yet, but but I will. I know you're right. <laughs> I was actually like so excited to see when I went to the store that there was such a wide range of sizes, like. Really, really awesome. Shout out to Target also for doing that. I think it's amazing. So that's my share. Well, I'm encouraging all of you to, it's like 50 bucks was the dress I bought. So it's like, not like $10, but for a cushiony dress, like, come on, you know? Yeah. That's pretty like cushiony dress is like 1500. Yeah. Yeah. That feels like a good discount. <laughs> yeah. Um, what about you guys? What's something that you want to share that brought you joy this week? Anything, literally anything. Um, I have one. I feel like I always have videos, which is like not very helpful for people listening to this as a podcast. But um, I've seen just, I feel like between all of the video stuff we've seen from the protests, from the looting, from just everything going on, it's nice to see occasional nice videos. And I don't know if, um, Joss, if you saw the one I posted on my story or reposted, that there was a guy that went around with squirt guns. Yeah. And he would like any, I, I did, I'm like, can't help but notice he only did it with military men, not with actual cops, but he, and also with just civilians and people standing around, but he had a bunch of squirt guns and he would go and he'd like fill them up and slide them over. And then it's like grown adults. There was one, even like an old lady at one point uh, broke into it. And then the military guys, when they get it are literally like diving on the ground and like rolling <laughs> over and they're just having squirt gun fights. And it's just the most like pure joyful thing you've ever seen and it's like no one can be under 25 in the video so it's like seeing all these grown adults that like are also serious just like playing is it made me cry very cute yeah I saw that video it's definitely a must watch for sure I didn't see that one I I really want to see that now. I'll send it to you after and we'll link it below uh, he does he's done oh it God. several times it's like a water gun challenge he does but it's really really cute oh wow well, I mean, I feel like there's so many, and not to be nerd, but like there's so many good things happening. I, I'm just really, I'm, I'm really grateful for everyone who's like checked in and just been like, just how are you? How are you doing? How are you feeling? Um, but just, I think right now I've just been in a position of 
um, embracing this time and celebrating this time from, like to move forward. I don't know. I, I know that's like what brings me joy and what's something that's good that I want to share, but it's like, I feel like the world's changing. I mean, there's so many protests, like there's so many protests on my street, like downtown and that I see people just still going where I'm like, I've never seen anything like this in my lifetime. So I feel like a change is going to come. And, and I know that's silly, but like, I just, I love it. Well, I mean, <laughs> it, it's really, really, it's exciting and inspiring to see everyone inspiring. coming together. Yeah. I think yeah. And that's me. It's like people coming together for change. is probably the most beautiful thing ever. And it, the unity of just out, everyone, every color, creed, et cetera, coming together just makes me so happy. So I hope this continues. Um, and I, I don't know, I know that's just a lame answer, but I'm like, I'm just happy that the world's changing. Say one, one more thing that did bring me a lot of joy this morning is I saw, I think actually Keith Lee Jr. posted this too. All of his reposts really make me laugh. He has serious stuff too, but he has so many funny ones. And it's this lady and she's sitting in the grass with her sign. And it's like, the Karens have arrived. And it's like, hi, I'm Karen. I'd like to speak to the manager about systemic racism. <laughs> and she looks like such an epitome of a Karen that you're like, oh, thank you. Thank you for taking your real Karen hat off and putting what should be a real Karen hat on. No, I, oh, that's honestly, I think, Melissa, like having that as your joyful moment, like it's just speaks to how that's like the epitome of joy. And I'm excited that, I mean, I agree. I really do think I've been on social media basically since it started. Cause I'm that old. Um, like I was the first girl, I'm a little older than I, I was the first class of Facebook, like ever the Facebook. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and I can say wholeheartedly, I've never witnessed anything like this, both on social media and then obviously off of it too, with what we've been seeing with the protests, not just in America, but all around the world. Um, and I think it's like now up to all of us to find ways to keep the movement going so that it's not just this like moment on social media, but that it really continues. And that, I think that is something to be joyful about, you know? Yeah. My hot button is really with everyone that's protesting and doing all this change where things matter the most is on the micro level in your community. So, you know, when you go to vote and it's like, check the big box, you know, Republican or Democrat, it's so much more than that. It's your city council members, right. it's the, the district attorneys, really do your research. Mm -hmm. And and for me, my initiative right now is to learn, like maybe start an initiative for, for women to vote. And like, there's so many organizations like this, but really breaking down the issues so people understand them because we got to this position because we elected these people in power and they're not doing what we want. So this election is so important besides Trump, but like voting, like protest all you want, but get to the polls and educate yourself on what's happening. That is the most stylish thing oh, to do. Oh. <laughs> no, 100%. Couldn't agree more. Um, well, yeah. thank you for coming on our little show. Yeah, I'm this is so, so glad this is to see you. And Lily, I feel like before Melissa goes, we should we should do what we always do, which is so hard to do on the Zoom format. But here we go. One, two, three. Thank you for sharing. I don't know if I was supposed to look a certain way or <laughs> oh, we yeah. usually do it creepily in unison. And it kind of sounds like we're inviting you to join our cult, which maybe we I'm, are. I'm down for it. <laughs> it. It's a friendly cult. Oh my gosh. Awesome. Um, yeah. So Thank you. you so you guys watching this, listen, listening to this on podcast form, 
be sure to follow Melissa. She's literally everywhere. She has a blog website. You'll probably see her on TV at some point and on the internet. Yeah. She's taking over. Um, and we're so glad that you got to come on and specifically have what I think is a really important conversation and you're just bringing such joy to the world. So thank you. Yeah. Oh, thank you, my girl. You're the and best. thank You're you to all you guys you, out there for watching and listening. Be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to get the notifications and do all the podcast things. Lily, what are the podcast things? Uh, well, check all the links below because I know we have recommendations and articles and things that you should check out and educational, just oh, all the links. Just, yeah. just go check it out. Um, and then follow us anywhere that you're listening to podcasts. And if you want some visual uh, aspects too, check us out on YouTube. Woo <laughs> Thank you guys so much for watching and listening. And we will see you next week. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.